going through hyperspace in my Send a scanning to a hole on every part of the ship chat. Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. My name is Rudy, and this week, on this week's episode, you have just me. Unfortunately, it's been a busy week for everybody. Super Bowl weekend coming around, uh, Valentine's Day right around the corner, and it's okay, though. So I'm here to talk some Star Wars stuff. We had a pretty busy week this past week. Um, two of our hosts, Sam and Colin, actually went to Galaxy's Edge, and if you saw that Instagram Live um, it was pretty cool, you know, they're repping the Star Wars stuff, uh, shirts, they got to see a lot of cool things done there in Galaxy's Edge, I still haven't been, so that's going to be on one of my lists to do, is to actually go there and check it out. Um, it's be kind of interesting to see, like, how that thing changes, because there's been rumors of adding Mandalorian characters to Galaxy's Edge, I don't see them getting rid of the stuff they have now, maybe doing what some theme parks do and just adding more land and adding new attractions. It'd be really cool if they had a Mandalorian uh, themed Galaxy Edge park, which would make sense because, you know, Mandalorian is kind of it right now and people want to see a Grogu and a Din Djarin walking around or even maybe a Dark Trooper walking around. Um, scaring the kids, or it'd be, it'd be kind of kind of fun to see. Um, eh, heck, you might even get Bill Burr walking around there with a the Boston accent. It'd be it'd be kind of funny. But the biggest news I think for me this week was uh, Claudia Gray's new uh, novel, Into the Dark, released, which is really really neat for me. Um, I started reading it like the day it came out. I got my hard copy the day it came out off of Amazon, and uh, I bought it on Audible, and I've been I've been listen to it on audible and if you haven't listened to a star wars uh book on audible yet you're kind of missing out because it's a pretty cool experience they have everything from hatches opening up to the sound of lightsabers to blasters uh to uh crowds in the background if they're in a public area the theatrical um production on audible is pretty excellent uh down below is going to be a link to an audible free trial 30-day free trial and you get a book on us you have to type it in but it's 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 pretty worth it. Um, you can cancel any time, but you still get a free book out of it. It could be this one or Light of the Jedi. Um, if you listen to our Patreon episodes, we do do episodes on Light of the Jedi and um, kind of a deep dive into it. And we're getting ready to release the next one that's going to be our part four. We're going to get through phase one and into the uh, prelude to phase two which is which will introduce our new antagonist but back to into the dark with Claudia, by claudia gray just to get kind of a insight to the book i'm not completely finished it finished it yet i think i'm on chapter 18 or 19 and it's only 26 chapters i believe uh, but i should finish it by tomorrow or tuesday but uh, the timing of this book is kind of it starts out kind of in almost in the middle 
of the Light of the Jedi. And you got to think, like, the events of Light of the Jedi is kind of be the main line for the High Republic. And all the books that we've seen coming out, um, Test of Courage, a lot of the um, comic books that came out, this one, Into the Dark, the one coming out afterwards, I think it's going to be uh, another youth novel. Um, I forget the name of the... Uh, of a race to crash point or, or something like that but all those storylines are going to arc from the line the storyline of flight of the jedi and then eventually all going to meet up into one main story which i think we'll see be adapted into different things going forward which would be really cool to uh to see that happen because some of the things that happen in in these books you know you kind of read them like man i'd like to see that on screen it should be pretty awesome um but into the dark starts kind of in the middle of the events of light of the jedi it happens after the legacy run and the incidents on the hexal system and then it goes through the end of light of the jedi and you start seeing the events that happen afterwards we get introduced to a couple new jedi wreath um, silas who's a padawan master komak uh, jedi knight by by the name of Orla Jirini, uh, which is a completely new Jedi. She chooses to be a way seeker, uh, spoiler alert, um, which is something we've never seen, but it also lays the groundwork for a lot of, it lays the groundwork for the gray Jedi to become, to come back into canon. And, you know, when I first, when you, you get introduced, introduced to her, like right off the bat into the book and you, you first start reading her, how she acts, how she thinks and talks and I get a kind of really big Ahsoka vibe from her. Um, the really cool thing is, though, is that her lightsaber is a double-bladed lightsaber that hinges um, to, so it can be folded and then straightens out, kind of similar to the dark ray lightsaber we see in Rise of Skywalker. But So those are the main three Jedis. We do get a new cargo pilot and a co-pilot. Um, Leox, I believe is his name. Uh, we do need we do meet Affy, another two humans, and then one of the most interesting characters that I think we've seen in Star Wars by the name of Geode, who's literally a rock. Yes, that's right, a rock character, which I know sounds weird and strange, but we get a rock as a character, and it actually plays a pretty decent role into the book. So that going forward, they. Just like any other Star Wars story, there's something's happening. They save the day, or at least they think they do. They have to go back and fix whatever happened. Uh, like I said, I'm not done with it yet, but once I am done, I'm sure we're going to put together some type of review just similar to the one we're doing with Light, Light of the Jedi, either on Patreon or on uh, Spotify or Apple. Um, I don't know. You tell us what you want us to hear. What would you what you want to hear? Um, more than likely, you'll probably be on Patreon, though. Sorry. But you can subscribe, though. Links down below. Thanks for the support. Um, other news in Star Wars is the Golden Globes listed out their nominations. And The Mandalorian is up for Best TV Drama. What? What? Which I think it really deserves. There's, uh, you know how awesome it is for the Mandalorian for Star Wars fans is also a very awesome show in terms of production and writing and acting and the way that it just you know kind of just invokes a lot of emotions it 
takes over a lot of fans and it's actually brought a lot of new fans to star wars so the fact that it is a uh, uh no the fact that it's nominated for best drama doesn't surprise me at all i think it actually kind of deserves it and um yeah so we'll see what happens i think it's also nominated for another award by sag by the screen writers by the screen writers guild or screen something i don't, I don't know the definition of sag um but i think that's more of a I think it's best action sequence ensemble in a TV drama. I believe I don't. I don't think it's like best picture, best drama. Um, I would like to see Pedro Pascal get nominated for best actor, but you know it's kind of hard, especially when your main actor state has his face covered most of the time. Um, and unless you really pay attention, you really don't see the differences of. The, you can you can see the differences of the actors because there was three actors that played Din Djarin. Um One was a professional stuntman, I believe. Uh, the other one was a gunslinger, literally. I think he was John Wayne's grandson. And uh, the other one was Pedro Pascal. Now Pedro Pascal delivered all the lines; they were all his, all recording. So every time you hear you hear him speak, it's Pedro. But uh, sometimes, in some of the action sequences and some of the um, when he's using the blaster, it's it's not Pedro, and that's fine. You can you know, there's slight differences. You can if you really pay attention. I'm pretty sure you can probably uh, pinpoint the time where he's not on screen. But um, it's kind of hard for someone to be nominated for best actor when multiple actors play the part and your face is covered up but i'm not mad at it uh golden globe nomination for a star wars tv show is actually pretty awesome so um yeah and then there's uh, just a bunch of rumors of um video games coming out that's going to be pretty cool i mean uh disney or lucasfilm announced that they were launching lucasfilm lucas games which has a classic logo that they had years ago and then they announced they're going to expand from ea and go into and let other uh gaming companies make games for star wars uh the big announcement was a big open world game that's going to be made um for Star Wars, which I think everybody's excited about. And you have the Legos Star Wars game, which is also open world. Going to have over 800 characters as well, but 300 of those characters are going to be all playable, which is going to be cool. And you can also play as, as a, uh, is it Feck? Big Boo Feck? Uh, Babu Feck, I think, yeah. But this one is a rumor of another shooter Star Wars game that's going to be coming out I, I didn't see who was the maker of it i'm sure there's someone out there who knows the maker of it um, but it's going to be a i believe a first person shooter so other than battlefront we're going to have another shooter game it's rumored to be first person i do not know the logistics of it or what era it's going to be set into but i think it's going to be really neat to see what some of these gaming companies come up with now, moving on to let me see here. Sorry, I gotta check my notes. Um, if you if you don't go to StarWars.com and check out some of their news feeds, um, they've issued two new videos. So they've been doing like little animated video shorts, in, introducing you to characters of the High Republic. Um, they started out with uh, Loden Great Storm. Um, 
Then they went into Avar Chris. They did. They released one on the Night Hill to kind of give you a broad introduction to the Night Hill. Which, if you've read a lot of the Jedi, it is uh, our new antagonist. And hearing uh, Charles Soul talk about the Night Hill is actually really interesting. And then you got introduced to. Uh, <laughs> Vernestra Rowe, which is the main Jedi character in uh, Justina Ireland's book, A Test of Courage, which is also a really good read, even though it is a youth novel. It reads like one, but it's pretty deep. They touch on a lot of deep stuff. And if I swear, if you like take the ages of the main characters and change them around, change a little bit of the wording, it's going to be a regular novel. It's a hundred page difference from Light of the Jedi. It's a great read. I do recommend it for everybody, um, especially if you want to keep uh, in line with the books and how they're going to play out because it's it's going to be one big story and eventually they're all going to come in together. So um, they did one on her recently. We, we saw Bell Zetafar released earlier this week, which, um, if, again, if you read Light of the Jedi, Bell Zetafar is one of the main uh, protagonists. He, him and Lo, he is the Padawan of Logan Greatstorm. And I think their duo, they're two of my favorite characters. Just the way they interact with each other, the way they talk, the relationship that they have, um, and just how 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 they are it's it's actually really cool to see um they did just release another one i believe it was yesterday it is lena uh, so which is the chancellor of the republic at the time of all these books and we get introduced to her in light of the jedi and she is a very different chancellor from what we've seen um usually if we're only used to seeing one chancellor and that's palpatine saw briefly the chancellor before him but in phantom menace that chancellor gets ousted pretty quickly and palpatine takes power and it, it's kind of interesting to see how she is as a character because you know she she comes off as a very elegant woman and very smart uh very almost kind and thoughtful because you know her main mission is starlight beacon you know to get the republic to the outer rim to make a presence and to kind of help where they can there's a there's a they have a phrase that you're going to hear a lot in light of the jedi in a test of courage uh, you'll hear it a lot in into the dark and it's you know we are the republic that's that's the that's the phrase that they're coining for these books and it's basically just you know a, a mindset for everybody inside of the republic that you know we're going to work together we're going to we're going to try to prosper together and we're gonna help as much as we can together and to see that. And then there's a point in time where they're talking about the antagonist and the issues going on within Light of the Jedi and the issues of hyperspace and how they're gonna to have to go talk to the Santecas. And you see a glimpse, just a faint glimpse of ruthlessness come from her. And it is really kind of cool to see. She's just like, okay, that's kind of intimidating. Like even Avar Chris, who was present at one of the meetings in the book that uh, had the chancellor was like, oh, okay, I'm a little intimidated, you know? Um, but then she also walks around with two big cats that 
are serve as bodyguards and kind of like whenever she gets aggressive they start pricking up so it's really intimidating to see her uh, as a character but then also kind of awestruck too because you know it takes something to be a chancellor and run a republic of that many systems and so to see kind of her mindset of you know we got to help and make a presence and then to see kind of her okay this is me being you know ruthless or not not really ruthless but just firm and like hey this is what we're doing um it's actually really cool to see so they just released their shorts again those are star at starwars.com um, I'm really into the books, man. This timeline is is really kind of fascinating, and this is all new information, all new characters. So I'm kind of diving in pretty deep. Um, I have a lot of just research time going into these things. I'm just constantly trying to find out more information. And there is an interview with Claudia Gray um, on StarWars.com where she talks about her new book. And it's, I believe it's an article. It's not a video. Um, they did a video with Charles Soule um, and Justina Ireland about their books. Kind of a deep dive into that. And just... You know, she talks about her experience talking, uh, writing this book. And, you know, she's just talking about how overwhelmingly positive it was, um, how really all the writers worked together to kind of come up with the storyline. And Charles Soule actually touched on it too a little bit with Justina Ireland in their interview. You know, they, they kind of all worked in one large room uh, trying to figure out, okay, what characters are we introducing? Who are we going to have? What storylines are we going to have? Um, and I kind of painted the picture a little bit, I think, when a show with James that we did, I think it was a review of A Test of Courage, um, and I think a couple other shows that we've been in, but you kind of see... You know, just them in this grand room, sitting around a table. Um, you see whiteboards everywhere, and you see one whiteboard that has just a list of names on it. Um, some of them crossed out, some of them not. Some of them, you know, just have their names, what kind of species they are, what they are in the storyline. Are they Jedi? Are they human? What race they are? Are they evil? Are they good? Uh, some are circled, some are crossed out. Um, and then on another board, you have, again, just one large storyline, just one line going across the board saying, this is our main story. And then all these other stories are arcs on that line. And every kind, everything kind of leads back to the main story. And it's really cool for them to talk about that. So reading that interview on StarWars.com about Claudia Gray's experience writing this book um, and why she wrote a little bit into it. Um, I want to dig into it a little bit more, but there are spoilers in there. And again, I have not finished the book yet. So I'm almost done with it. I got a couple hours left on, on Audible. And yeah, so it's, it should be pretty interesting for me to finish it because I want to, I really want to get an insight to what's happening, especially after the ending of Light of the Jedi. So let's see what else happened this week. Sorry, I checked my notes. Anyway, um, I think there are a couple of things that people have asked 
me to dress up as cosplay and I, I we're supposed to be putting up a poll on twitter about that and i think there's it's down to a couple of options um but it should be fun oh and then new photos of the set of andor filming in the uk has been released um they are some massive photos massive sets and so andor is going to be really big i'm really excited about it that's going to be a really cool show to watch i can't wait um it's going to be a while till we see it unfortunately but i really just can't wait to watch it because just you know to, to know that a writer from jason bourne from the jason bourne trilogy is going to be involved i know i'm actually going to get a really good spy vibe coming from andor and i'm pretty excited about that um let me see what else Oh, so there was a interview with um, actually John Favreau, and I'm trying to find the the name of the interview here. But um, basically, he went into like his creative process um, on how he actually wrote out pretty much majority of the Mandalorian before he pitched it to Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, and you know he goes on and says that you know writing for him is probably the hardest thing he's ever done and the create the creative the creativity part of it is is what he's addicted to he goes either when you write something it's either you have it or you don't and he goes i didn't want to take anything to to kathleen kennedy even though she was open to to hear my my suggestion if it wasn't great and so she he actually pitched almost the full season one of the mandalorian to kathleen kennedy because he was so nervous that it wasn't what it needed to be but obviously from watching it it is um and then he actually addressed a lot of the rumors lately because there, there have been rumors that what disney plus was doing was trying to renege on a lot of the on the sequel trilogy and was going to redo everything in series and even uh used uh unused footage from either light of the jedi or uh, last jedi or rise of skywalker which i don't think there is enough junk unused footage to, to use but he also he touched on that and he's like you know you know everything he writes in the mandalorian is designed for a purpose and everything is designed to connect to what we already have whether it be the original trilogy or the prequels or the sequel trilogy and so you know my my thing is with the Mandalorian season two finishing up and we saw the big reveal of Luke at the end and then everything we have coming out the book of Boba Fett Rangers of the New Republic Ahsoka and or the Bad Batch um other, everything other than Acolyte Acolyte's actually going to be set before the Phantom Menace so I think everything we see from the High Republic books coming out is going to lead up to Acolyte but that's a discussion for another time but all these series that happened within the time of the Mandalorian 
honestly, I think are just going to be filling in caps and filling in holes that are um, that are plot holes that were made by the sequel trilogy. And whether you're a fan of them or not, there are plot holes from those movies. And if you're not a fan of the sequel trilogy, it's okay. I know plenty of people who didn't like them, but you know, there's no reason to be negative about them. But they're canon. It's what we have. You know, that's the that's the storyline that they're sticking with, and that's fine. Um, the storyline works in a sense, but there are just a lot of plot holes. So these these new series are going to be geared to kind of fill those holes in. Now, how they do that is going to be the fun part. Um, we saw glimpses of that in Mandalorian season two. You know, we saw an ep- the, actually the episode directed by Carl Weathers. We saw a glimpse of Snoke's body in animation, floating in the liquid, and then them talking about the M word, you know, the Minichlorian. So them using Grogu's blood to kind of make him powerful within the Force. And so we saw that piece. Now, whether they're going to, you know, elude to the Emperor being alive still, I do not know. I hope they do, because that is a big plot hole. There's also a plot hole in Rise of Skywalker that I did not care for. Um, but if they're able to fill it in, I think it would be awesome, because uh, there's a part in Rise of Skywalker where... Ray is being trained by Leia and there's a flashback scene of Leia actually being trained by Luke and like knocking Luke down during the training session with her with as they're fighting with lightsabers and I didn't like it because you know nothing that we had so f- had within canon suggested that Leia was trained as a Jedi. We knew she was force sensitive. We knew that her and Luke can sense each other in the force, but they're also twins. So that's also kind of why they can. But the fact that she's force sensitive doesn't surprise me because she is a Skywalker. Now, it would be really cool for them to kind of fill that plot hole in and give us a glimpse into what uh what happens during that training with luke you know kind of give us just an insight to her training with luke and when why she said we know why she stepped away uh, she stepped away to have a family with with han and ben uh but i just, I just kind of want to see some of her adventures as well um, there's also some rumors going out that Mandalorian season three, which will begin shooting, I believe this April, which means we won't get it till 2022, which is fine. Um, that we're going to have plenty to go off of the book of Boba Fett. It's going to come out in Christmas this year. So that's going to be fun. Um, but so the, the rumors for Mandalorian season three is that there's going to be a time jump. Um, so we're going to see a time jump from when season two ended to when season three begins. Now, how long that time jump is wasn't said, but um, I believe it's going to be a pretty good time jump because I know we're going to see more of more of Grogu at one point in time, who is going to be older, maybe like a teenage style Grogu, which would be kind of funny because it's uh, every time I think about that, I think of Groot in one of the bonus scenes of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, just kind of a teenage style Groot, maybe a teenage style Grogu. Um, but I'd be interested to hear him speak for the first time.
And then also Screen Rant released an article kind of predicting if, you know, kind of asking the question, you know, what if R2 was the one to save Grogu from the temple during Order 66? I've been saying that since that episode aired, so um, kudos to them. It's on our Facebook group. Um, I reposted it on there. You can find it at ScreenRant.com. But it's a great article, good read, and it makes a valid point. Um, So I hope they address that. Because there was kind of like a familiar glance that Grogu and R2 shared during the final episode of Mandalorian Season 2. And I believe we're supposed to have Bad Batch coming out soon, which I'm super excited for. I was ready for for that. I'm ready for that to come out. I really am. Um, whenever season seven of Clone Wars came out and you saw like the two episode arc with, uh, with squad 99 and the bad batch, like it was, I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. <laughs> like I wanted more of their story. So to, to know that they're going to have a, a series dedicated to them is going to be really cool. And I believe it, it takes place immediately following order 66 and then going into uh, uh, going into what happens afterwards. So the events actually take place before Rebels, um, and actually probably before or during Solo. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of cool to see how far how far they take the series and what kind of storyline it's going to follow. Um, I'm kind of interested to see like what happens with like Rex and all of them because I know I do know that there's like some type of sanctuary for clones that are decommissioned, and so just to kind of see what where they go from there is going to be fun to watch. Um, so here I am, 30 minutes in. This was kind of, kind of, kind of fun. Uh, a little difficult to go by myself, but uh, I'm sorry for the for the shortness. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and uh, hope you come back and listen to us again. Again, thank you for listening to all the guys who have been tuning in to listen. Um, sorry that this this is a shorter episode, but um, next time it will be a little bit longer. So may the force be with you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not.